This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. It's time for us to get a look into the headlines at the weekend, the things that shape public discourse this week, perhaps talking points at the water cooler. We're with Dr. Gyalebocha Aising, who's the Deputy Head of Journalism and Media Studies at Rhodes University. Thank you very much, Dr. Aising. Hello out there. How are you? Fine, thank you. And thank you so much for joining us this morning, talking us through uh, some of the topical issues of the day. So a lot of things happened uh, within the ANC this weekend. It was the Women's League's elective conference. And there the Secretary General addressed the conference, the 13th elective conference. He said a lot of things about gender issues. And he said a lot of things that were completely unrelated. Some you know, one of them being that if Minister Pravin Gordhan doesn't sort out the logistics side of the economy, removing uh, trucks from the roads and getting freight rail up and running at Transnet, he's going to go. And then soon thereafter, the, A- the ANC had to say, Mm-mm, he's not really speaking for us. What's happening here? <laughs> okay. uh, I like the way you put it when you say, the ANC came out in the I think it was in the middle of the night saying, you're not speaking for us. Uh, as if the person who was speaking was a, was an ordinary member of the organization. Mm. So when we look at this, yes, you're right. Figile uh, Mbalula came out saying that uh, Minister Praven got an, I've been there, I've been in the transport department as a minister. You need to sort out this mess or else we're going to remove you. It is a very bizarre thing to be said by a former minister of transport. And what makes it worse, it was said by the Secretary General of the ANC. What Fikile Mbalula said, well, it is correct. We have a crisis in the transport division in this country. But he was mainly commenting on the policy issue, the ANC. Now, as a Secretary General, you don't wake up, go to a conference, of, a, of one division of your party and say, we're going to do this and that. If this doesn't happen, we're going to fire this person. These are internal policy issues. But again, we're dealing with Mbagula here. It seems like the, the man does not yet know that he's a, he's a secretary general of the ANC. He doesn't know where to raise these issues. Hence, he can go to a conference in front of the media and say, we're going to fire this person. But again, the ANC's position releasing a statement on this matter was quite you know shocking seemingly contradicting what Mbalula said that no 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 Pravin Kodan is safe he can solve all these problems alone mm. that makes you wonder who should he fix these problems with at some point the statement of the ANC says these are the responsibilities of a the the, the, the the minister and all South Africans. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't think that's what South Africans want to hear. Mm. We don't want to hear that we want to work with Pravin Godan in fixing uh, these problems. It's the job of the ANC as the government in power, and Pravin Godan is the head of that division mm. to help the government fix these problems. So we have a crisis where people are speaking in different voices in the ANC. The Secretary General can come out and say this and that. The ANC will contradict him. So we don't even know exactly 
who the voice of the party mm. is. We don't okay. know who to follow at this moment. I, I have to say something that um, has always made me wonder with a little bit of discomfort is the many utterances that keep coming out of Lutuli House. Okay, granted in the last week they were reflecting on the NEC meetings, the outcomes, and obviously this weekend was a a Women's League uh, elective conference and a fortnight ago was a Youth League conference. So they would be in the public eye. But outside of these circumstances, we do get a sense that um, Mr Mbalula is very, very... um, camera happy shall i say that <laughs> yes he's, no, hogging, he's hogging the microphone and yet you know what they should be doing is watching that the national government that has their cadres deployed and their representatives leading is just complying with their manifestos and um their uh election promises and the work of government should be left to GCIS and the various spokespersons to communicate, including what's happening at Transnet in freight rail, because that's the work of national government versus the ANC. No, absolutely. So this is the problem that I think for a very long time the ANC has struggled with this, separating government from the party. So for a very long time, you would hear ANC, people who work at Lupuli House, commenting on government matters. They even struggle to know where to address these issues. ANC matters, Lutuli House matters should be discussed. All these battles should be fought at Lutuli House. What we want to hear about as a public is government issues. Mm. 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 Of which Transnet is a government issue? Uh, because any bailout of Transnet would be utilizing taxpayers' money, who would taxpayers who are then represented uh, represented by a plethora of political uh, organizations, not just one party. Um, and I, yeah, as you're saying, a lot of these national government policy issues should be coming out of national government, even the tenure of a minister, Pravin Gordon, or not. But uh, the spokesperson of the ANC sought to clarify. That would she be technically going against her boss, the SG, or would she have gotten the instruction elsewhere? So is that directed to me? Because yes. We should hold on. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Look, uh, you you're absolutely right. The frustration that let's assume that Mbanda has some frustration as an ordinary South African yeah. and also as an ANC leader, mm. but he should know who to address these frustrations to. Mm. He can't address them like the rest of us. I can stand up and say, uh, Mbalula this, Godan this, Mantashe this, but he can't do that. As a leader of the organization that is heading the state, he can't come out and do something like that. The ANC has spokespeople that are responsible for such things. Government has a division that is responsible for such things. Mbalula knows the channels to address these matters. But as you said, he has become camera happy. The last time uh, Julius Malema accused him, accused him of being on television more than uh, Mesofimukwe. Tell me what to be true. <laughs> you understand? Every now and then, look, there is. And okay, I think somewhere, somehow, Mbalula 
is descending into populist uh, ideologies. Yeah. Where he wants to be the center of attention, you hear him insulting the opposition and mm. stuff like that. So we can agree that the office of the Secretary General of the, of the ANC is in crisis. Mm. It is definitely in crisis, and the ANC needs to get this thing in order. Because okay. we have never seen something like this in the ANC before. And this, thing, and this thing in order is the circumstance, not a person. Yes, no, it's a circumstance, not a person. The yeah. person, in fact, now he, he looks like he was mushroomed. Into, into, in, he mushroomed into this position. People just went to fetch him and said, look, here you are going to become the SG. The, 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 the mentorship, the political education in the ANC, I don't know what has happened to it, but it, it needs to be re-looked into. Because people like the SG, of the ANC, mm. that, that is the custodian of the party. That okay. is the custodian of the policy of the party. Right. That is the leader, the internal leader of the party. Right. But what we are seeing now is as if we got a, a, I mean, a chairperson of a branch somewhere and say, come, be the SG. We'll okay. see what to do in the meantime. Very spicy. A lot, of, a lot of sarcasm in your voice there. Okay, let's move on from the ANC. And let's talk about the fact that this week, uh, African leaders will be descending on St. Petersburg in Russia for the second uh, Russia-Africa uh, forum. The first was in 2019, and then I think it got disrupted by COVID-19. Anyway, off they go to Russia, and I know that our esteemed president will also be there. But on the sidelines, we're hearing the president of Ukraine saying that he'd like a meeting with African leaders on African soil. And I think this has to do with the fact that African leaders uh, from five nations are leading a peace mi- or led a peace mission between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, we've, we all heard about it, how things went a little bit awry uh, when the plane touched down in Poland and then they couldn't make their way to Ukraine and the leaders had to go by train. We all know how logistically it all went a little bit uh, pear-shaped. Um, and Zelensky, quite frankly, was quite defined at the time that Perhaps the African leaders don't have the authority to mediate. But he says, be that as it may, if he was to meet with African leaders, it has to be in Africa. Why? Uh, When you look at that article, it goes on to say that he needs to meet more African leaders and not just the five five that were led by Cyril Ramaphosa. Right. President Zelensky goes on in detail to explain that th- there is some historical inaccuracy at this point between the relationship between South Af- I mean, African countries, Russia and Ukraine. And I've heard this a lot in, uh, from South African politicians. Mm. Uh, to an extent, South African politicians confuse Russia with the Soviet Union. Okay. Something that uh, President Zelensky has also alluded to there. That Africa, Africa had a strong relationship with the Soviet yeah. Union. Mm-hmm. Not Russia, specifically. Mm-hmm. It was a union. Can you can I ask you to clarify what that is? So obviously under the 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 old Cold War structure, Russia was the epicenter of a Union of Soviet State Republics, which were made up of what are now independent countries, but they all kind of genuflected 
at the Russian flag. Things have changed. So what is this thing that's changed? What are you, what are you trying to tell us? Okay, so you're absolutely right. You're a different union. I'm a different uh, state that uh, made up the union with Russia as like the leader of the state. Now, obviously, the Soviet Union uh, was uh, dissolved. Now, these countries became independent. But now, seemingly, some leaders, now speak about South Africa specifically, they, for some reason, they believe that the union was, Russia was the union, and others were the little brother of Russia. Mm-hmm. Now, for a lack of a better term, the big brother can bully others. Mm-hmm. So, this is the problem that uh, we are dealing with, and that is what President Zelensky there is trying to tell us that. Look, African, African leaders, they need to come to the party and understand that the relationship that Africa had with us was with the union led by the Russian Federation. He goes on to say that many students scientists from Africa, they came here in Ukraine specifically, Mm. under the Union and not Russia. But today, some African leaders, and I think he must have had this sentiment, Mm. that some African leaders, they they favor Ukraine, I mean Russia, over Ukraine. They've become biased, if you Mm. put it in that way. So, I think that is the That is the beginning of the initiation to say, guys, look, we have a relationship. We always had. Mm. You came to us. Five of you came to us. Now let us go to you and explain these things to you in detail. Because he also explains that when the leaders went to Russia, to Ukraine, the five leaders, the five presidents, they could see the effects of the war. Now they didn't hear about it or read about it in the media. They could see. So that is important. So he says, let me also go there and hear what your position is, then you also Mm. hear my position. All right, so uh, addressing stereotypes, perceptions, and legacy issues, and sovereignty, which is a fundamental right that many African countries hold dear, and that what's happening in the new context post-Cold War are two sovereign nations um, that are in a dispute and conflict and one sovereign nation wanting to superimpose itself on another sovereign nation because Ukraine is now a sovereign republic um, um, with its own territorial integrities worked out post-Cold War and, and African leaders need to recognize that. Let's talk about something that's happening in the courts right now. IPED suspended uh, the VIP security detail that uh, is attached to Deputy President um, Paul Mashatile, caught in a video that went viral, um, beating, using brute force, uh, passengers in um, a light vehicle on the road. And we're not even sure really what had transpired, but we've been led to believe they may have been obstructing the convoy, creating a little bit of a security stress on the road. But be that as it may, their response has been completely, completely um, atrocious. Um, they've, there's been major public uproar um, and 
a lot of harsh criticism as to the behavior of VIP security, even if they're a specialized division of the police and being a law unto themselves. Now, the investigations have been conducted by IPID and IPID's main role um, is to do just that, to study the behavior of the police to ensure that however they carry out their roles, they do so within the constraints of the law and that there isn't any police brutality. And IPED has suspended them and um, now they've even been arrested uh, and are appearing in court or scheduled to appear in court. Uh, IPED, that's another problem that we're dealing with in this country. Uh, at one point, you wonder whether IPED is there to shield the police or is there to hold the police accountable. Mm. I'm sure if you can walk out of the studio and ask not more than 10 people what IPED is, 80% of them might not even know what that is. Mm. In this case, we have an issue where the VIP officers were caught assaulting people. We are told that uh, they've been asked to hand themselves over. Now, that's a very important thing. They've been asked mm. to hand themselves over. If they don't, then they're going to be arrested. Okay. Now, also, the event happened on the 4th of July. Today is the 23rd of July. You can just wonder what that tells you about our country and law and order. Right. To an extent, it means that people can do whatever they want then get away with it. People were caught on camera. I put this investigating. Investigating what? We don't know. So the details are not there. Uh, the deputy president came out and said, look, yes, these are my people. I know them. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. As to what exactly happened, this is not an issue that should have taken IPED uh, three weeks to four weeks to sort out. But we hear that now they're going to appear in court and apply for bail. The article goes on to say that the, the victims will not be there, however, will not be there. We don't know why. So they want to apply for bail. They, they were outside themselves over yesterday. That's a very important thing. Yesterday and today they're already appearing for bail. Mm. It's like they're doing this to tick boxes. That mm. yes, no, they did. Uh, they were arrested. They were charged. Now they appeared in court. Yeah. What took them so long? Okay. You see, so these are issues that we are dealing with. And there are so many incidents in this country where police get away with murder. Look, we don't have to go far. Let's go back to the Americana incident and ask ourselves what mm. has IPED done about their colleagues. Mm. Okay. None of them. We have, we've been heard that they are behind bars. If right. they are, I don't know about them. All right. So credibility at IPED is sorely lacking. Uh, changing the culture of the police uh, going above their mandates becomes very, very important. And the police, knowing that whilst they are law enforcers, they are not a law unto themselves. They have limits and parameters in which they should operate. And kicking people on the side of the road is way, way out of those limits. That's a crisis of law and order yeah. that we have in this country. And that we have a crisis where there is no accountability. Look, if the leaders up there are not held accountable, mm. then obviously those of us... Uh, in the, I mean, in the on on the surface or on the ground, mm. then we can see that look, this is a this is a Mickey Mouse situation. We can do as we wish, okay. and then if the big brother is not held accountable at home, the young yeah. ones will create a mess. Right. So police, yes, we don't have that thing where 
even police understand that, look, we are not law unto ourselves. Right. We are custodians of the law. What it a, is our job to enforce. What do you make of citizens taking the law unto themselves? City Press has a, a quite a topical, emotive issue. Of... I wanted to go there. Please. I wanted to go there. That is why we have this problem that we have now. We have a problem where now citizens are fed up. We have a problem where people, they, ha- they are forced to defend themselves. Because you, you arrest a person today, tomorrow that person is out on, on bail or whatever the issue is. And there is no even information from the police, my sister, when you arrest a person or someone can, look, I come from a village where I can tell you that uh, when I was ho- home during the June holidays, uh, two ladies were grand, grand, uh, grand, grandmothers were brutally murdered and raped. After three days, those guys were released. We don't know what happened. Even the families, if you ask them, what happened? I mean, I asked them, I asked the families, what's the progress? And they said, we don't know. Simple thing like that. Where the investigation officer even fails to go to the families and say, guys, we need to move on. So all I'm just trying to establish is what do you make of vigilantism? Because in the City Press article, somebody, an alleged drug dealer, has now lost his life. And even though yes. people will say we're sick and tired of drug dealers, is it, to the, is it for the community to be arresting and even unwittingly killing someone as they interrogate them? What, what happens in a situation like that? What, what, do we disc- what do we say about lawlessness on either side? Of the equation, the lack of information about uh, citizen arrest in our country. Perhaps we need to start teaching people that there is a citizen arrest process that you can uh, that you can embark on as a person. But now, again, because of poor prosecution, because of poor law and order, people are fed up. But it is still wrong. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me twisted that I'm saying people must go around and murdering uh, their choose and stuff like that. But in this case. We're dealing with a television program. Look, I have my own reservations about what is happening in Mojalas. I'm still doing research about those things. So it's a different matter about those type of things. But, and we obviously don't know what happened. City Press uh, states that that guy was uh, tear gassed, uh, suffocated and stuff like that. It's still a sketchy issue, but it is a reflection. It is a symptom of the bigger problem that we have in South Africa. Okay. That is a problem of law and order. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Gyalebocha Aiseng, who is the Deputy Head of Journalism and Media Studies at Rhodes University. There are other issues to discuss. He could have reflected on the Joburg blasts, um, which we're also still, you know, when he talks about delays in arresting people, delays in getting answers, delays in prosecuting, even delays in just doing a basic seismic and geological study as to what happened in the city of Johannesburg for us to understand. And all I've been told is that um, that explosion in the inner city is likely to really impair the electricity grid that affects southern Johannesburg and the West Rand as well. And so if you're experiencing a lot of outages, um, there is a sense, they're still getting to the bottom of it, that um, the grids and the pylons were also shaken at their core, literally, by that blast and um, they may have been damaged there. But we'll get clarity on that later on. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.